Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, or anything that can help us lose weight, be healthier, or live longer, better. So what do these seven diseases have in common? Alzheimer's disease, cancer, coronary artery disease, depression, diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, obesity, osteoarthritis, basically, I've given you seven in alphabetical order, but you can really name any of the chronic diseases of the 21st century, modern day living, and link it to our pro-inflammatory lifestyle. So that's what they all have in common, inflammation. Do you think any of those are in your future? Well, I'm going to show you how inflammation plays a major role in these diseases and then give you the tools today to beat the odds because it's those little choices we make every day that are paving the way because they are the cause of the inflammation that is driving those diseases. Inflammation is what I'm talking about. Whether it is silent, which it probably is silent, or if you know it's there, it's easily ignored. You may never feel it. It may be doing its damage without you knowing it. It's the immune system gone haywire, running untethered. Instead of pitching in and doing its job and then packing up and going home, it sticks around and it's throwing those inflammatory compounds 24-7. So those pro-inflammatory compounds include eicosanoids psychooxygenase 2 enzymes that are producing too many compounds called prostaglandins when they're not needed, caused by too many sugars and flour products, fast food, junk food, convenience foods, basically foods that cause blood sugar to spike. When that happens, that inflammation is going to go sky high because high insulin spikes and causes cells to get damaged, and then that calls in the immune system to clear it out. You combine that with other toxins, like toxins in our outside air. Those exposures, those people that have been exposed to the wildfires out west, they're finding this had a huge impact on their health. How about toxins inside our home? The outgassing of carpet, polyfluorine, We've got furniture, paints, sealants, anti-stain and anti-stick sprays. Look all around your room today. And even your self-cleaning oven, that, that is one that we often don't think about. But every time you clean that oven, you smell that, that's toxic. I mean, when they tell you to keep your windows open and have it ventilated, they're not kidding. You know, look in your room right now. Do you see anything that doesn't have a plastic coating? Even our windows that are low E are coated with plastic that degrades into our air and you breathe it in. So many people have lung inflammation anymore, allergies, asthma. I mean, five decades ago, when I first opened up the shop, I mean, there was an occasional person that had allergies and they talked about just moving out to Arizona where they would be free of it. But now, just about everybody, it's our toxic environment. It's reported that our inside air is more toxic than outside air. 
Also, it's the household chemicals we use to clean and disinfect. They're toxic. So, I mean, I highly recommend using non-toxic cleaners and always ventilate no matter what. But baking soda and vinegar, they're going to do almost all the cleaning you need to do with just a little bit of elbow grease. And I'm you know, I might throw in a little bit of tea tree oil or citrus for the anti, antiseptic benefit, and it just makes it smell better, too. But how about our water? Those poor people in New Palestine, Ohio, with the rail car full of toxins, you've got the polyvinyl chloride, you've got the benzene, you have the butyl acrylate, and so much more, all used in the plastics industry. Oh, boy, will they ever be able to recover? Boy, I, you know, if you don't have a reverse osmosis water system, I would start budgeting. Uh, You know, I looked it up today and you can get one for as little as $153 at Lowe's. You know, there are so many contaminants in our rural farming community that you cannot be too careful, especially with spring rains coming and levels going extremely high. Whereas our clay soil has been a good filter for a long time, it's pretty much reached capacity a long time ago. You have to have clean water. You know, like the ad says, don't add to the toxins that your kidneys have to clear. You know, as a side note, also try to avoid plastic bottles. While we've been warned that BPA is bad, the bisphenol poly A, you know, we're finding all the bisphenols are bad. You know, so I guess it's back on us to be informed and protect ourselves and our families. You know, with most kids graduating from school now, being overweight and on prescription drugs, I mean, we're talking more than 50%, our future health is already challenged. Every generation is more at risk than the last one due to the buildup of all the diet and lifestyle and environmental factors. I mean, we just have to get back on track. A really good anti-inflammatory diet with lots of polyphenols you know, it's a colorful diet. You've got to have clean water. You've got to have a good amount of exercise, not too much, not too little, and avoidance of all those toxins, preservatives, drugs, excess alcohol, and even toxic cosmetics. You know, so how do these inflammation, how does it actually cause these seven diseases, like an Alzheimer's disease? Two things we look for in Alzheimer's disease, beta amyloid plaque, and the neurofibrillary or tau tangles. There are a lot of theories, and one is that the brain's immune system, the microglial cells, attack these plaques and tangles like an infection, but they don't go away. So it is a long-standing irritation that releases more inflammatory cytokines, and it's like a shotgun blast, harming a lot of other brain cells in the vicinity. So this leads to even more plaque being formed over time. Many things we have to do. You've got to sleep. That is so important for the brain to detoxify the plaque at night. Exercise is also really important too because it builds compounds like BDNF to strengthen connections and make new connections in the brain. I like to say, I like the saying that you're only as young as your feet and it's true. But also the diet, a no-sugar, no-flour diet, along with the overall anti-inflammatory diet with lots of polyphenols, is so important. It's, it's a good start to preventing this horrible decline. Okay, number two. How does inflammation fuel or cause cancer? 
Cancer's on the rise and projected to increase by as much as 49% over the next 25 years. So here's one theory of how inflammation triggers cancer. In animal studies, they've done a lot. You know, it's illegal to run these on humans, thank goodness. But low-level inflammation causes reactive oxygen species. Basically, those are free radicals that damage your DNA, making you more susceptible to cancer. Of course, research is ongoing, but it has been shown to be a big player in colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, and liver cancer. Diet and lifestyle, fundamental, pivotal in all of these. Increasing fiber, avoidance of sugar and toxins are big players in prevention of those life-threatening diagnoses. How about coronary artery disease? Ah, did you know that plaque in the arteries of young people was unheard of until the 1970s when they started seeing arterial plaque in the Vietnam soldiers? That's about the time that junk food began to play a part in the everyday diet. I mean, in in former wars, like in uh, Korea, clear as a bell. It was an old person's disease after a lot of living. But coronary artery disease is not no longer a disease of old people. What we know is that it isn't cholesterol. It is oxidized LDL, especially the small particle LDL that damages the inner lining of the blood vessels. And that causes the accumulation of plaque, almost like a Band-Aid being laid over the irritation. So that ongoing inflammation in the blood vessels makes it weak, makes it more vulnerable to bursting and causing clots that leads to strokes and heart attacks. We know an anti-inflammatory diet with lots of vegetables, healthy fats is fundamental. Got to get rid of that spare tire. It's called toxic fat for a reason. And with approval, start a good exercise program. If there's one thing I could say is it's don't wait till you're sick to make the changes. However, there there are really good and proven diet and lifestyle approaches that work. One of my favorites, Dr. Dean Ornish developed a heart program a long time ago. I mean, 25 years ago. It was called the Spectrum Diet. And he's got a book of the same name. He declared that he reversed heart disease with his program. In the last few years, now that technology has caught up, then they could actually look inside the blood vessels and prove that his program indeed does reverse heart disease. Medicare will even reimburse people to go through his program at several sites throughout the country. It works, but it requires people to change. Diet, lifestyle, it's the cure. It's not a magic pill. Modern medical approaches go for the pill and the surgery, but do nothing to stop the underlying cause, which promotes the inflammation. Next thing, depression. Huh, what on earth can inflammation have to do with depression? Everything. Over 24 studies have proven that people with depression have higher levels of inflammatory markers. These people are also more prone to disorders like sleep, appetite, and brain fog. And it's obvious that antidepressants are the cure when half the people don't respond. Many who do respond stop the medication because they don't like the side effects. Many studies have shown that 
with an anti-inflammatory diet, and I'm going to, and I'll tell you, whenever I do a social media sugar-free challenge, one of the first things people start to say is how much better their mood is, how much less depression, less anxiety they have. So, you know, and exercise, that's another really good treatment for depression. You know, they've done studies on this that, you know, it, it just works. So you know how much better you feel after you go for a walk or do some good exercise. It really is good medicine and anti-inflammatory. Next thing, number five, diabetes. I think I dislike diabetes the most. Most type 2 diabetes is reversible. Diet and lifestyle driven stems from insulin resistance, which is itself inflammatory and fuels a host of other metabolic problems. Dementia, brain fog, thyroid, gallbladder, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, autoimmune disorders, infertility, PCOS, arthritis, restless leg syndrome, cholesterol, triglycerides, kidney disease, blood pressure, basically... We call it the alphabet of whack-a-mole diseases. If you don't get the diet right, that mole head keeps popping up faster and faster with more diseases than you can manage. C-reactive protein and TNF-alpha are inflammatory markers that are consistently high. Number six, obesity. Well, two-thirds of Americans are either overweight or obese, and these stats are pre-COVID, so you can imagine. Look at people from the 1950s, rarely an overweight person and no children overweight. Now it's rare to see somebody an appropriate weight. Here's a shocker. As a dietitian, we were trained to quickly calculate the right weight for someone. A woman at five foot, you give them 100 pounds. And then for every inch, you give them five pounds. So at 5'5", five five, that's 125 pounds. Add or subtract 10% for small or large bone structure. For a man, you give them 106 pounds at 5 foot, and then 6 pounds for every inch over 5 foot. So at 5'10", you're talking the right weight would be 166 pounds. Astounding, isn't it? You know, if someone is actually at that weight now, it's a rarity. And you think they're sick. With increased weight, actually comes all the risk factors. Research is even now calling fat cells its own organ because it makes so many inflammatory compounds that are only made by that excess weight. Number seven, lastly, osteoarthritis. We used to say it was wear and tear, but no more. Cartilage regenerates. If you still have cartilage, your body is going to make it and use glucosamine to repair it. Osteoarthritis has been shown to be affected by inflammatory compounds. The inflammation from osteoarthritis is low and chronic, a little irritation that never gets cleared up, and it's doing damage ongoing. There was a review in the National Reviews of Rheumatology stating chronic low-grade inflammation is the cause. So what do we do for all these inflammatory conditions? What are the general guidelines? Well, number one, has to be the anti-inflammatory diet, rich in those polyphenols and colors and good healthy fats and clean protein. I'm going to say it has to be organic because your body doesn't need to clear up any more toxins. I'm talking the rainbow every day. Adding spices like turmeric and cardamom and cumin and garlic, all those things. Those 25,000 phytonutrients are going to help protect and repair all those cells. Supplements, I would include a good multi. The O-N-E, I love it. It's got the activated Bs, D, zinc, selenium, iodine, all the essentials. And we're at risk to being deficient in many of them. 
Number two, Barlein's omega-3. None of us have adequate omega-3, the EPA and the DHA, unless you eat cold water, fatty fish three times a week, a week and make sure it's toxin-free. You know, I think it's essential to protect our brains and ensure healthy brain aging. comes down to anti-inflammation. Third thing I would add, curcumin. I stand by Terry Naturally's CureMed as the best absorbed. Reams of clinical trials along with Boswellia, but some research for many cancers, um, research studies at MD Anderson. My favorite supplement in the whole shop is the Curamin Extra Strength because it has been life-changing for so many people with pain, and it's guaranteed. Those are my fundamentals, but I would add up for individual needs, usually Boswellia, polyphenols, grapeseed extract, also called the OPCs, and ashwagandha. You know, I always want to be sure to heal the gut as well. And if the diet doesn't do that, uh, we might need to go a little bit deeper, maybe get some special labs done to see if there's something we're missing and need to zone in. Another thing we need to do, number two, is reduce stress. Third thing, make sure you're getting adequate sleep. That's when your body is repairing. Number four, exercise. A little bit, not too much. 20 minutes a day is great. Avoiding toxins, number five. You know, avoiding those carcinogens, those obesogens, and those dementogens. Number six, positive outlook. Ah, boy, from my viewpoint, I think everybody needs to believe in the higher power of God. In the book Radical Remission by Kelly Turner, as a Ph.D. student, she studied the people who recovered against all odds from terminal illness. This was one of the points they all had in common. Those are the six steps that will go a long way to quelling inflammation, helping you to reverse or prevent any of those seven diseases that are caused by or made worse from inflammation. Sometimes you don't realize how much silent inflammation you're dealing with till you're back in balance. So I encourage you just to start improving these six areas and see how much better you feel. If you need guidance and help, I'm here and I have programs to guide you. But overall, I hope today's show helped you or someone you loved. If you want to listen again, go to my website, debford.com, where I have all my other shows listed. Or you can go to any place you listen to podcasts like iTunes under Today's Nutrition. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.